welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. I want to ask you this coming Wednesday, which will be September the 11th, which will be a day that we remember that we would be in prayer for our nation. I'm asking you as the pastor of this church on Wednesday from 7 in the morning to 7 that night, would you please join myself in a time of prayer and fasting for our nation? If we've ever needed it, we need it now. And so I'm calling this church on Wednesday, September the 11th, if you will begin a time of fasting and praying from 7 in the morning till 7 at night. And let's pray that God would waken the hearts of people in our nation and that there would be a mighty awakening come and there would be a mighty move of God. Aren't you tired of playing games? Aren't you tired of seeing your family and your friends suffer and walk around in captivity and in bondage? Ready to see them free? It's going to come through praying and fasting. My wife and I, I don't, this is, I don't even know where I'm going, but I, I can tell you this. We had an opportunity uh, last October to walk through that museum, the 9-11 Museum. If you ever get a chance, you need to go. You need to go. And you need to see what those people were going through. You need to see the people that were crying out, that were trapped in, uh, on the floors in those trade centers that were trapped and were crying out to be free, crying out uh, to, to find freedom, to get away from the heat and get away from the flames and to get away from the destruction. People crying out for freedom. And on Thursday, the Lord just began speaking to me. I was praying for this upcoming weekend and and, and asking the Lord what he would want to say. And, and God began to just give me a verse there in, in the book of Acts. And, uh, and, and I've titled this message today, The Pathway to Freedom. Those people that were looking for a pathway out. And people all around us today are looking for a pathway out. They're looking for freedom. People feel trapped. People are in bondage. People are in chains. And they're looking for a way out. And we know the way out. That pathway is Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can set people free. And so today I want to talk to you about the pathway to freedom. Freedom is a powerful word. Freedom means a lot to a, a lot of people in different ways, but freedom in the Bible means to no longer be bound by the enemy, no longer bound by sin, no longer captive to Satan, no longer in chains, no longer confined, no longer living in darkness. Thank God this morning for freedom that we have through Jesus Christ. Can we say thank you for the freedom that we have? <clears throat> this thing about freedom has really been on my heart for a while now. And God, it's on God's heart. Do you know that freedom is on God's heart? God has a desire for you to be free. God's heart is for all of us to be free today, free from sin, free from bondage, free from strongholds, uh, free from uh, religious works, free from the wrath of God. God has a desire for you to be free today no matter who you are, and I got good news for you, friend, that no matter what you've done or where you've been or what your past looks like, I don't care. Jesus has all power and he can free anybody today. Can I get an amen on that? Hallelujah. 
So on Thursday, when the Lord began to speak, try to do my best to listen to him when he speaks, so calling this the pathway to freedom. I'm going to read to you a few passages right here in, in the book of Acts. I'm going to need a little help because I didn't put it in my notes. So I'm putting on these glasses. Nobody look. Just listen. <laughs> I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. This is a powerful story of someone who was in captivity, but God freed him because God's desire is for all of us to be free. Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. Let's pray before I read. Father, God, I know you want to set somebody free today. I know you want to take chains off of people that are bound today, God, and give them uh, freedom that can only come through Jesus Christ. And I pray right now, Lord, that as your word is being proclaimed, God, that your anointing would be upon me, God, and your anointing would be upon everyone listening, Lord. And, and God, I pray, Lord, my prayer is that you would do only what you can do, God. Move man out of the way, God. Move our uh, desires out of the way, God. And we just believe you, God, to be glorified right now, Lord. God, I know your word is powerful, God, and it's life-changing. And I pray that right now, God, as your word is proclaimed, as your word is proclaimed, God, that you would just begin to move on every heart here, Lord. And, God, that you would turn situations around, God. Bring people out of prison, oh, God. God, free them today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, talking about Peter. He handed him over to be guarded by uh, four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for a public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Let me read verse 5 again. Some translations read this. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was constantly praying to God for him. And the night before Herod was to bring Peter to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries stood guard at the entrance. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. And the angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up and said, Quick, get up or quickly arise. And he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel, of the, uh, angel said to him, Put on your clothes and your sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison but had no idea what the angel was doing and what was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And they passed the first and second guards, and they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. 
When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. It was a prayer meeting going on. And Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to the door or answered the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without even opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You know, God does things to astonish us. And Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. He described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. He said, tell James, not James that was killed, but this was James, the half-brother of Jesus. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. Father, again, we thank you for your word that is inspired by you, God, and we pray right now that you would accomplish your will, your plan, and your purposes for our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. King Herod, we see here, In the very beginning, I just want to walk through a few verses and highlight some things that I feel like the Lord would want us to hear today that will encourage us and also challenge us. King Herod, here he is in the very beginning of these few verses at at uh, Acts chapter 12. He's attempting to destroy the church and he's trying to destroy the church for a lot of different reasons. But one of the main reasons that Herod is trying to destroy the church is to gain political favor with the Jews. And so he has James, the brother of John. If you've read in your Bible, you know these were followers of Christ, his disciples. They were known as the sons of thunder. And so he has James arrested and he puts him to death by the sword. In other words, King Herod had James beheaded. And he saw, King Herod saw how much displeased the Jews. And so he thought to himself, if killing James pleases the Jews, how much more will it please the Jews if I kill Peter, the leader of the church? So he had Peter arrested and He had him arrested and he had plans to do the same thing to Peter that he did with James and that was to kill him. So Herod proceeded with what his plan was and he captured Peter, arrested him and placed him in a prison. And the Bible says that he was delivered unto and guarded by four squads of soldiers. He was bound with two chains between two guards as well, and as soon as the Passover celebration was to be over, King Herod had plans to kill Peter. And I was reminded when I read those verses there that there there was a demonic force in that time trying to silence the voice of Christ, and there's a demonic uh, force today in our day and time that's trying to silence the voice of Christ today trying to cut off the head of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, trying to to hinder the voice from shouting out that there's grace and there's redemption and there's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. There's a demonic force out there that's trying to stop the voice from sharing that God is love and that, that God can turn your life around and that God can help you through what you're going through in your life. There's a, there's a work of the devil out there trying to, uh, to hinder the, the truth of God that you have to repent of your sins and come to a cross to be saved. There's a demonic force at work and, and here we see Satan 
He's doing everything possible in this story and he's doing everything possible today to place God's people in captivity. He wants God's people living in darkness. He wants God's people living in chains. He wants God's people living in captivity so they can be put away and they won't be out in the world with a voice of freedom and a voice of truth. And we see that right here in this story with the apostle Peter. Peter is in prison. This, this godly man, this Peter, he's a godly man, a man who has a heart to live for God. He's a godly man who has a heart to serve God and we see him here and he's being held captive by the enemy. Peter was in a crisis. Peter was in a desperate situation and the church was also in a crisis and they needed a mighty move of God. And like many of you that have gathered here today, many of you I know you have a heart to live for God. You have a heart to serve God. But some of you have walked through the doors today and you find yourself being held captive by the enemy. I dare to say today that some of you are in a prison. I dare to say that some of you are living in captivity. You're in the prison of despair. You're in the prison of discouragement. You're in the prison of depression. You're being held captive by anger in your life. You're being held captive by jealousy in your life. Some of you are being held captive by, by bitterness because of what somebody or something that happened to you years ago and you're still holding on to unforgiveness and it's put you in a prison of captivity. Some of you are in captive, captivity to pride. Some of you could be in captivity today to your past failures. Some of you could be in captivity today to addictions. You're in the prison of loneliness. Listen, I don't know what it is, but you find yourself chained to something that has you captive and it's keeping you from moving forward with God. It's keeping you from experiencing all that God has for you and his will for your life. Whatever it is has you in chains and you're unable to move forward with God. And there seems to be, there seems to be no pathway to freedom. There seems to be for you no pathway to freedom and you desperately need a mighty move of God. Have you ever been there before in your life where there seemed to be no pathway to freedom but you needed a desperate move of God in your life? You're at the place this morning where you need a desperate move of God. If God doesn't intervene soon, you're going, you feel like you're going to lose your faith in God. Some of you are here this morning, if God doesn't intervene soon, you, you feel like that, that you're not going to have a testimony of how God has brought you through something. You're wondering if you're even going to have a testimony or if you're going to damage it and lose it at all. If God doesn't intervene soon, the fire for God that you have is about to be extinguished if God doesn't intervene soon. For some of you, if God doesn't intervene soon, you're going to lose your marriage. If God doesn't intervene soon, you're going to lose your family. If God doesn't intervene soon, you're going to lose your, your, your job. If God doesn't inter Listen, if God doesn't intervene soon, friend, this captivity is about to break you down. And you desperately, you desperately need a pathway to freedom. You, you desperately need a mighty move of God in your life. And, and Peter, look where he's at. He's in prison and he needs, he needs a mighty move of God. He needs a pathway to freedom. He needs a way out. Like many of us today, we need a way out. We need freedom from these things that we deal with. I'm, I'm, I'm everybody, including myself. So there's times when the devil tries to put us in captivity. And we need a pathway to freedom. 
And I love what it says here in Acts chapter 12, verse 5. We're reminded again of this godly man who has a heart to live for God, just like many of you have a heart to live for God. He's in prison. But the Bible says, but the church was constantly praying for him. But the church was constantly praying for him. Listen, Peter was in prison and the church was praying. Peter was in prison and the church was praying. They were praying for this faithful follower of Jesus Christ to be set free. They prayed without ceasing. They started praying. They started praying in in a mighty and powerful way. God started moving. Hallelujah. Friend, when we start praying, God starts moving. Do you know that today? Do you believe that today? Hallelujah. He started moving. They started praying while Peter was in prison and God started moving. Chains began to come off, friend. The enemy was blinded. Can you imagine? The Bible says that he was chained to two soldiers. He's chained to them. He's chained to them and the Bible says that the chains come off his wrist and he walks out. Where are these, where are these guards at? Friend, the enemy was blinded by God. So the miraculous begins to happen. Chains come off of Peter, the enemy, the eyes are blind. And then, and then it says that doors and gates begin to open on their own. Now in our day and time, somebody would try to explain all that, but we know it was the power of God. And not only were gates and doors beginning to open, but then we see Peter who was a prisoner, now he's free. He's free, friend. Chains have come off. Eyes have been opened, doors have been opened. God has worked in a mighty way and delivered this man. And I want to just tell you today, friend, listen to me, church. God is in control. God is in control. Nothing can stop God. I don't care what the devil tries to do. God is in control. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop the hand of God. Nothing can stop the hand of God. Look to your neighbor and say, nothing can stop the hand of God. Nothing can stop the hand of God. Nothing can stop the hand of God because God is all-powerful. God is a God of wonders and a God of miracles. Hallelujah. We still believe that today. And when God's people pray, we can expect God to set the captive free. When we pray, friend, we can expect God to set people free. How many of you know somebody needs to be set free? When we pray, the captive will be set free. So the pathway to freedom, part of that path, is calling on God in prayer. And we're going to do that in just a few minutes. The reason we're going to do it is because there's a lot of people in captivity today. I want to just encourage you, when you know somebody that's being held captive, when you know somebody that's in prison, may the church come alive, may the church arise, and may we come together, and may we pray for them. That's why we come on FaceTime night and join together around this altar. That's why on Wednesday nights we come together and pray for people so people can find the pathway to freedom. So when people are in that captivity, we need to pray for them. And listen to me very carefully. This is, it got tender here for me because I know people very close and dear to me that are going through this right now. We all know people who, like Peter, they, have a, they, 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 they know God. They know God. They, they know the right way. They've been taught it. They, they've, some of them have they've been walking with Jesus before. And at one time in their life, they, they had a heart to live for God. They had a, a heart to serve God. But for whatever reason, the enemy has come, and now he has them captive. People in my life like that that I love and care for, 
Many of these people have been deceived. They've been deceived in believing that God has abandoned them and that God doesn't love them. That's a lie from the devil. Many of them have, have lost hope. They, they, they've lost hope thinking that they can ever be free. They're, they're there in these prisons and they're, they're there in this captivity and they're wondering if they can ever be free again. They're being lied to by the devil. Many of these people have lost their will and desire to pray. Some of these people I'm talking about to you, you know who they are. Could be you this morning that you've lost your will and you've lost your desire to even pray. You don't even know how to call out to God anymore. Because you're in this captivity in your life. And listen, there, there's people like that and they're on the verge of giving up. They're about to accept the lie that they're always gonna be in captivity. They're about to accept the lie that this is how I am. This is how I'm always gonna be when God is wanting to say something different that he can change you, he can set you free, and he can turn your life around. That's what God says. So God help the church, God help unite the church, God help us to pray for these people. Help us to pray for these people. Listen to me, this is a challenge to us as a church that, that we need to make sure that when we come together in prayer that we believe when we come together in prayer God will start working miracles in the life of those people that we pray for. Do you believe that today? That when we begin to pray, God is going to begin to work in their life. We have to believe that when we pray that chains are gonna start breaking off of people. We have to believe when we pray that prison doors are gonna open. We have to believe when we pray that eyes are gonna be opened. We have to believe that when we pray as a church that freedom is gonna to come to people only through Jesus Christ. We have to believe, church. Come on, we have to believe. When we pray, we have to believe that when we call out to God and go to the throne room of grace that chains are gonna start falling off of people. Glory to God. I love the fact that they called a prayer meeting. They didn't call a preaching conference. That, that, that hurts the preacher's feelings right there. They didn't say we need a word. They said let's go to the Lord in prayer. Reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. These believers are praying. They're, they're, they're gathered together in a house and they're praying for Peter. They're behind closed doors and they're trusting a divine response from God. They're trusting in God to work in a mighty and powerful way. And listen to me this morning. If we're gonna see strongholds come down in the lives of people, if we're gonna see chains broken, if we're gonna see the captive set free, it's all gonna be because the people of God are constantly and earnestly praying together as a church. Because Peter was in prison, but the church was praying. Peter was in chains, but the church was praying. And we need to make sure that we're praying and seeking God. If you really study those words there in uh, Acts chapter 12, when it says that they were earnestly and constantly praying, there's actually a word picture there that means they were stretched out, like this right here. They were stretched out, calling out to God in heaven. They were touching heaven, friend. Some of them might have been on their knees like this, stretched out and just calling on the Lord. Some of them could have been standing, stretched out to God, calling on the Lord. Some could have been laying down, stretched out, calling on the Lord. But what matters is they were calling on the Lord. They were calling on the Lord, and they meant business, friend. And if, we, if we're going to pray, we've got to stretch ourselves out. 
We got to come together as a church and stretch out in prayer, calling on the Lord. It's time for the, listen, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time for the church, not this just church, but churches all over the world to arise and come together and pray for a mighty move of God. Even if the devil mocks us, even if people laugh at us when we pray, it doesn't matter because we know where our power and we know where our help comes from. Our, our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. We know where our power comes from. And so God help us, God help us to go to the throne of grace and to have access to that mercy that he has there to help us in our time of need. Listen, people may laugh, but we need to arise and we need to pray. We need to pray. I'm not just talking about in your prayer closet. I'm talking about corporate prayer where we're coming together and touching heaven together. Listen, let them laugh. Let the devil laugh at your prayers. Let people laugh. You, you go to work tomorrow and you can grab the hands of a few other believers and you can stand out there in the parking lot and you can just begin to claim that chains are going to come off people at your work. Chain, you can go to school tomorrow and gather around the flagpole around somebody's locker and begin to call on the name of the Lord and declare that chains will come off and people will be set free. Hallelujah. And I believe, I believe it, I believe it. As we pray, people are going to be walking down the hallways in school. People are going to be at work and they're going to just feel there's going to be something happening to them because God is working. God is working. Hallelujah. God is working. And we need to pray. We need to pray without ceasing. God help this preacher to pray without ceasing. God help me to believe you for great and mighty things, God. God help us today. It says in Acts chapter 12, verse 7, that suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone, shone in the cell and he struck Peter on the side. Probably gave him a good old slap. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. He said, arise quickly, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. This is what amazes me. I'm just reading through this story and I'm like, God, speak to me, speak to me. And here we have a godly man, a godly man. Not only is he in captivity, but he's also sleeping. He's also sleeping and the Lord had to wake him up. And it reminded me that when people come together and begin to pray, when people go to a house and join together in corporate prayer, we can wake people up that are sleeping spiritually. And we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray that God will wake up our loved ones. I, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Aren't you tired of the games? One, one day, I, I wish the Lord would let the, my heart just jump out and you could just see what's there and maybe you could get a, a better picture of what I'm trying to say. I struggle with that communication, but I want you to know, friend, the games need to stop and we need to pray that people would wake up. God, wake them up. God, you're the only one that can wake them up. Wake up our loved ones. Wake up husbands. Wake up husbands. God, wake up wives. Wake up our children. Wake up our friends. Wake up pastors. God, wake up the church. Wake up the church. Wake up our nation. Shake them. Slap us across there. Whatever you need to do, God, wake us up. Just sound the alarm before it's too late, God. We declare right now that when we pray, you're the only, God, you're the only one that can wake them up, friend. You can't wake them up. I can't wake them up. The Holy Spirit has to wake them up. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will wake these people up. 
and open up their eyes. God, I pray right now as the word is being preached that eyes are being opened. People are coming out of a spiritual sleep and you would wake them up. Wake them up not only in this church house, God, but wake them up in our community. Wake them up around us in the world. God, I pray you'll wake people up today. God, I pray you'll wake people up. Something happens when God's people pray. People will begin to wake up. How many of you are saved this morning? Praise the Lord. I love the hands. Aren't you grateful God woke you up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter, when he comes out of that prison, he takes off and he thinks he's having a vision. He thinks he's having a dream. And then he realizes, hey, this is, this is for real. And what does he do? He takes off and he heads to the prayer meeting. I'm not going to read all of it here, but we know that Peter arrived there at the prayer meeting. And they've been praying for him and didn't even expect it. Didn't even expect Peter. Didn't even want to let him in the house. There's the answer to your prayer right there. And it says they were astonished. But here's where I want you to really focus at right here in verse 17. It said, Peter motioned with his hand for them to quiet. And then he described, listen, it says, and he described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. That phrase just kept getting in me. He, he described how the Lord had got him out of prison. He says, now go tell James and tell all the other brothers about this. And then he left for another place. In other words, he was telling them how God had set him free. And he just started declaring that he, God brought him out of a prison and he sent him to a bunch of people to declare that God can set you free. And let me just tell you this morning, if you've been set free by the power of God, you're saved and a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, God will send you, God wants to send you to other people so you can declare the power of God. He wants to send you. He wants to see, yeah, go ahead and say, thank you, send me, Lord. Send me, send me. Send me, Lord, to declare that you are able to set the captive free. We have a great opportunity before us right now. I know there's a lot of people, and sometimes I can go down that road where how dark it is, and it is dark, spiritually speaking, in our land. But you know what? We have a wonderful and great opportunity before us to be able to go out into the world and to de declare that what God has done for us. I said we got a wonderful opportunity to go out before the world and declare what God has done for us. And instead of going out into the world and declaring and complaining and griping just like the rest of the world, why can't we get up with the power of God that we've walked out of a prison, that God has set us free, we're no longer the same, we're no longer bound, we're no longer in chains, and begin to open our mouth for the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 We need some people. We need some people in these last days that will rise up and be able to go into the world and say, God made a way out for me. We, we, we need some people that will arise up in these last days and go quickly to the world and open their mouth and say, God made a way. God made a way. Amen. That will declare only what God can do, the power of God. We need some people today to be able to go out and declare there is a pathway to freedom. I'm here to tell you today, friend, listen to me. I don't care who you are. There is a pathway to freedom, and his name is Jesus Christ. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And he's come to set the captive free. He's the only one that can set you free today. 
He's the one that died on the cross for you and for me so we could be set free. And we need to pray. Listen, this is our prayer. We're getting ready to come to the altar in just a minute, and we're going to pray. Listen, you know what my prayer is for all of us, including myself, is that we as God's people would have the courage, to have the courage, to have the boldness that we would declare to this world that God still sets the prisoners free, that we would have a courage to declare that God can take chains off of our life, that God can open prison doors, and God can set the captive free. Oh, I pray that we would all have courage to do that. God, help me to have courage to do that. God's looking for somebody in these last days. I said, God's looking for somebody in these last days who will rise up and say, I'm free. We'll rise up in church and say, I'm free. And we'll have a shout and a good old time and clap our hands, and we should. But what about when you get to work tomorrow? Are you going to lift your hands there? You know, sometimes you'll be somewhere. And, and, I, and, and I remember when Lucas was a little young, he said, Daddy, why you stop here raising your hands? Because I'm free, son. Is there somebody willing to go to work tomorrow and just declare that I'm free? Is there somebody to walk into a schoolhouse tomorrow and get somewhere and say, you know what? I was in captivity, but now I'm free. And tell them about Jesus. Will somebody rise up and declare to this dark and lost world that Jesus can set the captives free? Will there be, some, will there be somebody who will rise up and declare that God can do all things? There's a great opportunity before all of us today, a great opportunity in the world that we live in, but only it's going to happen if we pray. It's only going to happen if we pray. It's time for the church to arise in prayer. I was praying last night. I need God to help me in my prayer life. God help me. Help me in my prayer life. I want to be closer to you. And I'm reminded that all of us, the church of Jesus Christ, it's time for us to arise and it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to pray. Listen, I know there'll be a lot of people to tell you, well, that won't be how it's going to work. No, that's how it worked then and that's how it's going to work now. We need to pray. How many more heroin overdoses in our community before we pray? How many more storms are going to have to come before we pray? How many more babies are going to be aborted before we pray? How many more attacks on our youth and our culture today and our society before we pray? They're so confused now they don't know who they are. How much more perversion are we going to allow to be thrown in our face before we pray? God help us to pray again. God help us to pray again. The Bible says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I'll forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God is looking for someone. Will you be that someone? God is looking for somebody that's willing to kneel down and call on God, willing to stretch out to God for the power of God in your own life. Are you willing to be that person? Are you willing to take a stand and proclaim and declare like Peter that Jesus sets the captives free? Because that's what we need. 
Somebody, somebody. Will somebody arise? Will somebody get up and say, I'm free? And tell the world that I'm free? Will somebody be a messenger of hope that will walk out these doors and stand up and say, enough is enough? Our church is praying and we're believing that change will follow our people. Will somebody stand?